if you're a Shrek, you better know it. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Good Bad Show. I'm your host, Andy. And I'm Matt. And this is a very serious podcast where we talk about the issues of the day, break them down, really examine them from all angles, and try and give you a thoughtful perspective on the, the world in which we live. And you're listening to NPR. NPR. <laughs> Public Radio International. Good bad show. Andy, did you know that NPR and Public Radio International are the same? And if no. you donate to one, the money goes to the other one too. No. Don't worry about it. Is that true? No, it's not true at all. They're there's totally story, different. There's a story where someone, there, like some old lady was a huge fan of This American Life and like donated all her money to NPR, not realizing that it's a PRI show when she died. Uh, and so Ira Glass got no money. Wait, she didn't realize until she died it was a PRI show? Like she left her money to NPR instead of PRI, thinking that it was an NPR show. And so uh, all, like all her friends were like, oh yeah, she was a huge This American Life fan. And uh, Ira Glass saw none of that. Hmm. I mean, seems like it seems like Ira Glass is probably pretty okay with that lady donated a bunch of money to NPR, though, right? Like they got they're 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 in bed together business wise, aren't they? I don't really I don't know how that thing runs, man. Are they two totally separate things? I don't I, know. I thought NPR was the distributor and PRI was the producer. Like PRI made the show, and NPR is the one that you know put it on the radio and I made thought it was two like totally. It. I think it's two totally separate things. And yeah. then it's 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 like. Uh, like, WHYY would be a producer, and they'd sell it to NPR or, like, distribute it through NPR or something, right? I don't know. I guess. Who knows? Listening to WHYY. This has been Andy and Matt wildly speculate about things they don't understand. Terry Gross. Talking about things I don't know. Yeah. How is public radio structured? You don't know, and we don't know. This is a new <laughs> podcast where we talk about things we don't know anything about, and you also don't know anything about, and we speculate about them together. That sounds like... A podcast. Actually, that sounds like everything. It <laughs> sounds, sounds like, like a, a podcast. <laughs> Let's speculate together. Tonight's episode, Matt, is not about speculation, though. It is about cold hard fact. Mmm. I know everything about cold hard facts. It's about cold hard facts when the world is cold and hard, and you want to be warm and soft. Where are you going with this? Do you know what we're talking about today? I mean, this is... I'm, I'm fulfilling what I'm sure we talked about would be... One of the like main episodes of this show, when we discussed this show hypothetically before it existed. Tonight, oh, we're, we're, we're fulfilling that. <laughs> Andy Mangold asks, what is truth? <laughs> Let's do this in 20 minutes. No, no, no. I'm going to explain to everybody that doesn't know already why wool is the best fabric. It's because it wicks away moisture and kills sheep. It does, you don't have to kill the sheep to get the wool. We've talked about this multiple times. My brother said that once, and I still to this day think he wasn't kidding, and he's just like playing it cool. Whatever, he's like, you know you don't have to kill the sheep, right? And he's like... Oh, yeah, I knew that. Yeah, I was joking. For sure. I was joking. It was a joke. 100%. Mm-hmm. Actually, my understanding is we've domesticated sheep so dramatically that if we do not shear them... They become horrible wool monsters and can no longer oh, even yeah. walk. Oh yeah, have you ever seen? Have you ever seen like a, a sheep escape and then? Uh... Oh, you talking about Shrek? Wait, is this real? I don't know if we're talking about a real thing. Shrek is a specific sheep that escaped from its domesticated farm owners in New Zealand, I believe. Yeah, uh, I think and I am. Wandered, wandered the hills for so long that it became just basically like a big, a big like catamari ball of yes. wool and yes, like that's vegetation. What I'm about. Yes. Yeah. 
I was a little bit concerned that there was a term for this. Like, are you talking about a Shrek? You know, the term for a sheep that has escaped their oh, owners sure. and yeah. then they've turned yeah. into a giant ball of wool. You know, a Shrek. Yeah. A, sh- a Shrek is a very meaningful name in the gay community, just like the wool community. <laughs> if, if you're a Shrek, you better know it. Um, yeah, I'm talking about a Shrek. That was a specific sheep's name, I believe. And I don't think he got the name until after he was found to be covered in enormous amounts of wool. Anyway, it's it's because and only because we've domesticated the crap out of these sheep and changed them genetically forever. Uh, shearing them is now a great service. So yeah, we, uh, they love it. We're like, uh, is it, what's the, isn't there like a trope where the good guy is also kind of a bad guy by like making the problem that they themselves then solve, you know? I guess I'm, not, I'm just describing capitalism. I'm basically describing capitalism yeah, sure. where, you know, a company's like, you know what problem you have? You can't change the hue of your lights from your bed. <laughs> <laughs> I invented a problem and, oh, wait, here's a cool solution for it. I think you're just talking about Shark Tank, right? Isn't that what Shark Tank is? Maybe. I've never seen the Shark Tank. You're like, don't you have a problem with your holiday trees not having elves on them? Well, I made an elf for them. Put it on your holiday tree. Who's in? I guess me. I don't know. How much do I have to invest? Uh, you have to. Uh, you have to invest one million dollars for one percent of my company. Oh, I'm out. I'm out. What? I'm out. No, but you don't understand. One time, a person died near me, and then I'm gonna cry. <laughs> I feel like I understand this show so well now. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. One time, a person died near me, and now I'm gonna cry. That's how you get. That's oh, how. If it doesn't go God. well, you get one little investor at the end. Okay, this is a really good like little improv game. Try and turn every as seen on TV product into something that was invented to prevent a death that somebody witnessed. <laughs> <laughs> An unfortunate That's actually pretty good. I like that. Yeah, this uh, <laughs> this uh, this magic bullet I invented because it, it's too small to fit your hand in. And once I saw a man put his whole <laughs> hand in a blender trying to get his his I guess his slushy out his his uh. What's it called when you when you blend up vegetables? Uh, smoothie, smoothie. Yeah, smoothie. <laughs> Trying to get yeah, a smoothie my, uh, out. My elderly mother died from being cold here on her front parts and her arm parts while on the couch, but not her back parts. This is <laughs> her the back snuggie. parts were actually too hot. That's also what killed <laughs> they her. They were too hot. That's why she died. Yeah. Anyway, that's why I invented the snuggie. I can't think of very many more as seen on TV products. I don't know. What are we talking about? You know what I've heard about SC on TV products, though, which is very interesting, and it's a, a new lens I take to every, like, crappy infomercial I see? Yeah. Apparently, I don't know exactly what percentage of SC on TV products this is the case for, but apparently a good number of them were specifically de- designed as products to be, like, uh, for people that are old or, uh, you know, don't have a good grip or otherwise, like... Uh, you know, have some other like slight handicap, uh, and these like products make like a thing trivially trivially easier. But because we live in capitalism world where you can't afford to manufacture something uh, if you have a small a small market for it, these companies are forced to essentially take a product that is designed just for a certain subset of people and market it as if it's a thing everybody needs in order to sell enough of them that they can afford to manufacture it just for the small population of people that actually need it, which... Oh, there is... That actually is a phenomenon in Shark Tank 2, and it's called, uh, I invented a thing for a third world company, and then Kevin says, what do you mean? You mean camping? And he's like, I guess it could be used for camping too. Okay, sure, it's used for camping. Yeah, that's that's mm-hmm. another good example, I think. Yes. Uh, anyway, next time you see an as-seen-on-TV thing, think about it in that light. Is this something that's better for somebody with a disability that I'm not aware of? Yep, 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 yep. 
Do you need to filter your water in a country that doesn't have water filters or when you go to Maine? Yeah. Could uh -huh. be either one. Or when you play pretend to be poor on the weekends because it's fun. <laughs> I know we have a nice house, but what if we didn't? What if we pretended we didn't? What if we got drunk outside? <laughs> that could be uh, fun. Have you ever wanted to know how your cast iron pans do on a real fire? Matt, stop changing the subject. We're talking about wool tonight. That's what I thought. We're talking wool about wool. does so well in the woods, Andy. That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about camping. Matt, when I grew up, I had a certain perception of wool. And my perception Ooh. of wool... I bet was, it was mine that was itchy. It's yeah. just itchy and it's a sweater and you put it on and you're like... Ooh, scratchy. Oh, no, what am I? What am I, an itchy sheep? I don't no, like this you. at all. I, I'm not a sheep. I'm a people. And people invented better things than cotton. So, or than wool, rather. Ooh, we'll, we'll slip there. <laughs> a little Freudian well, slip. Yeah, yeah uh, but now... So what are you saying? You're saying you've come back around and now you're a sheeple? You're one of these people that wears wool? Precisely. Mm-hmm. So I, I had this perception, which I think a lot of people share, uh, which is that wool is itchy, it's scratchy. It, I think I had this perception, too, that it was kind of old-fashioned, right? Uh, like, you'd have a wool sweater the same way that you would have, like, wooden shoes. <laughs> like, it's just, like, <laughs> Yeah, you, know. you have your wooden shoes, your wooden teeth, and your wool sweater. I mean, it, it has it has this kind of bucolic, uh, you know, brand to it, where it feels like, well... If you got nothing but sheep around, I guess you're going to eventually figure out a way to make clothes out of them uh, or whatever. But, yeah. uh, but wool is so much more, Matt. So much more. So first of all, I want to like define wool for people that think it just comes from sheep because it doesn't. Wool is the name for any like textile uh, made from any animal hair, basically. Uh, so like angora is made from rabbits and mm. uh, cashmere is made from a specific kind of like goat thing, I think. So you're saying any of us with pets can make our own wool at home? Uh, sure. I mean, with with differing success, sure, because uh, the certain the attributes of the uh, animal's specific hair change its its likelihood and uh, how much it, it wants to be made into into a pair of socks. Um, camel hair is obviously camel hair, as you might expect. Uh, mm -hmm. So all these things fall under the broad and beautiful umbrella of the worldwide wool world web. Which yeah, sure. Contains lots don't get, of things. Don't get upset about that hairball. Just say, hey, free wool. Right? Wool, wool contains multitudes. And here's the other thing I will say. I, I think, and you know, I tried to do a little bit of like actual research on this people. I, I Googled for like 10 minutes for you. That's how much I care about the, this show being the like. Show, the whole show will be 10 minutes. That's like, that is like a full one-to-one -one research situation. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I tried to do some research on this. My, here's, my, here's my feeling. Here's my inkling. I feel like this is not necessarily true the world over, but in America, Matt, you grew up seeing ads for cotton right sure like I you love saw cotton. you saw the, the TV cotton, told me the to. fabric of our lives ad fabric campaign, of my life correct? that's why i have a t-shirt on made out of cotton right now they told me to when you were a kid did it ever occur to you that it was weird that a fabric like a like a, a whole textile category had advertisements as opposed to like a brand or a company no let me take a sip of my milk <laughs> what I also remember milk ads as a kid where they're like, drink milk. You're like, oh, okay, I guess that's normal. Just I advertising. Thought, I thought you were saying milk me up in general. For a spit take. Like, no. You were like, I'll take a sip of my milk and then you'll say that funny thing you're going to say. And I was like, oh, no, I feel pressured to say a funny thing, but I don't have a funny thing to say. I didn't see that as weird, but I also realized there were a lot of those campaigns were just like, a general, like a, a general industry or a concept was advertised to me. And you're like, that's well, yeah. weird. Who's paying for this? This happens, you know, when a commission right like a, a group of people that all have a shared interest but it's all the ceos of all of the cotton manufacturers or the you know the whatever i would say the cotton yeah, like workers when the, union when but uh I, when, a, when an older man sits down a younger lady and says 
Have you ever heard that corn syrup is bad? I'm like, oh, the corn syrup people are getting together today. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so, you know, these big committees of, you know, such and such coalition of cotton farmers or, you know, more likely, I think, uh, cotton farm executives that are people that have never been near a field in their entire lives, but uh, own own people that own cotton fields. Um, they decide to do these sort of marketing campaigns. And I feel like that is largely responsible for my perception of wool in America. And from looking at the list of countries that produce the most wool and kind of just being aware of the kind of history and culture and the sort of specific garments from those areas, uh, you know, like, you know, Ireland and like England and other places in Europe and uh, Australia and New Zealand, like, I feel like uh, there, I don't think people would have this, this incorrect perception that I had growing up that, that wool is itchy. I could be wrong. Right in, if you're listening from one of these places and you feel like wool is itchy and scratchy uh, and that that's a thing that people in your country feel. Uh, but I feel like here it's largely a, p- a part of this propaganda campaign that these cotton magnates tried to pull the wool over our eyes, so to speak, uh, on, on wool uh, because it's just... Here's the thing about wool. It's more expensive. And it's more expensive because it's way better. Uh, and, and that's like, honestly... <laughs> where you can pretty much draw the comparison between cotton and wool. Some people will try and tell you that cotton is better uh, in the summer because it naturally doesn't insulate as well as wool does, but you can just weave wool at any desired level of density and make really thin, breathable wools so that they are also great in the summer, and you get all the other benefits of wool, Matt. Do you know some of the benefits of wool? Should I read them to you now? I wrote down a list. I think there's something about sweating in there. Is there something about sweating? Wool does wick away moisture. Uh, I think I said that earlier. I'm so You smart. did. You did. And this is, I, honestly, this is the one I feel least comfortable talking about because I don't even really know what that means. I've read some things on the internet, and it seems to suggest that, like, wicking away moisture means, like, pulling moisture away from your skin, which I guess is the same as, like, absorbing it. But Wool does... is made of tiny people that wipe your feet, right? Well, yeah. I, like I, I think I think what the big, what the, what the marketing people of the world want us to think wicking means is that, like, this magically makes your sweat disappear, which... Obviously, is not how physics works. You can't ha- you can't have a fabric to make your sweat disappear. It's going somewhere. Uh, so I think the idea is that wool, by being absorbent, uh, without losing its insulating properties, which cotton is also absorbent, but when it absorbs things, it loses all of its insulative properties uh, mm. and collapses on itself. Doesn't hold its its shape. Uh, there's a specific word that I saw and I didn't write down. I can't remember. That's like the name for the fact that wool will hold its like specific like you know little micro shape like the little little like wool strings and strands uh form little air pockets in between them and when it gets wet cotton gets like crushed and smushed down and wool does not either way i think we're meant to believe that wool will absorb some of the sweat or whatever off your body uh and therefore provide a greater surface area for it to evaporate naturally uh which i guess is what wicking is supposed to mean or whatever um but the things that are more concrete uh, let's be let's be honest matt I don't really do much of the physical exercise, so sure. I, I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know from personal experience about the wicking properties of wool, but I do know from experience about other the other great properties of wool. Uh, Ooh, so can here, I guess one? I got another. Yeah, one. go ahead. You, 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 you did the show. One time you told me you never wash your socks. Is that part of wool? They require less washing, but you are exaggerating. I don't never wash my socks, <laughs> but. Uh, they require much less washing than cotton clothes uh, for a myriad of reasons. Uh, wool has natural oils in it that uh, kind of repel 
water kind of naturally and any water-based substance, which is the vast majority of things that would otherwise impregnate uh, your clothes and make them dirty and smelly and stinky. Uh, I believe that wool is naturally a pretty poor environment for bacteria to grow, uh, which is, again, not the case with wool, like wet, or not the case with cotton, rather. Like wet plant matter is exactly where bacteria wants to grow. Uh, but something, something, something about the cellulose or no cellulose is cotton about the uh the structure of the protein structure of wool makes it so that bacteria can't really grow there uh it's just you know this is i don't have the science to explain this i mean i've read about it but i I compared it back to you but all i can tell you from experience that you don't have to wash your socks every time man you just don't have to do it sounds pretty ideal it's great gross but ideal it's but it's not gross that's the thing like you think it would be gross i said it sounds gross i didn't say it is gross i said it sounds gross which it does I mean, it sounds gross to a person that maybe has only ever owned gross cotton socks. Uh, I, I have gross cotton socks on right now, in fact. <laughs> I, here's, here's my experience. I, I've had some gross socks in my day, let me tell you. Uh, my, my primary experience growing up, especially in like high school when I was actually doing some physical fitness, was that I could play a fun game at the end of the day called Take My Sock Off, let it sit for five minutes off my foot, and then it will be stiff and hold its shape, and I can like, <coughs> crack it on the side of a table, which yeah, is that sounds good. not a good thing for socks to be, uh, and not how it works when you have wool socks. Mm. Uh, so they require less washing, and that's, you know, it's a convenience thing. Uh, it speaks to how dirty your clothes get, period. Like, wearing wool clothes, you will be less dirty at the end of the day than if you're wearing cotton clothes. They will stink less. They will be less gross, uh, which is also good. One of the biggest reasons, though, honestly, is that having to wash your clothes less is like makes a pretty big ecological impact over the course of your entire life. Uh, you know, if you think about how many times you've washed a cotton t-shirt you own or a cotton pair of socks you own versus uh, the same thing in wool, uh, and you multiply that by the life of the garment and how many times you wear, you know, shirts and socks, that's a lot of extra water and heat going into heat the water and heat going into the dryer and electrical, electrical energy. Uh, it's, it's a somewhat significant ecological impact, uh, which I think is worth mentioning and thinking about. Mm. More concrete things. Wool fibers can bend over 20,000 times, whereas cotton fibers can only bend 3,000 times. Source, Orvis. (laughs) Anyway, uh, the fibers are stronger. They can bend more, and they don't break, uh, which means that your clothes last longer and get less holes in them. Uh, I went through so many pairs of boxers, cotton boxers, because I I do still bike every day. I barely consider it physical exercise because I don't bike fast. I use all my gears like an old man, and I'm proud of it. Uh, but I do bike every day and that puts a lot of, uh, wear on, uh, on my pants and my undie pants. And I found that cotton underpants just get destroyed in basically no time. Whereas wool underpants have lasted me well, as long as I've owned them, which is coming up on like two and a half years now. And, and they're all still going strong, uh, which is good. The other thing about wool is that wool retains its shape on a micro and macro scale much better than cotton. This is why any... All fine suits are are made of wool. Uh, you will not find a suit made of cotton because cotton stretches, and you can't spend a bunch of time tailoring a really nice suit to have a nice, you know, drape and sit on your body nicely, and then have it just stretch a little bit because that'll ruin all the work the tailor did. And so, uh, I mean, there are uh, seersucker suits which are kind of specifically designed to be a little bit schlubby. Seersucker is a type of flannel, which is a type of cotton, but uh, all suits primarily are wool because it looks best, and that also flies. I it's also obviously not itchy. Like a wool suit is not itchy. It's like a perfectly smooth fabric because wool can be anything you want it to be. It can it can be smooth and strong and thin and it can be thick and wooly and it can be soft. It can be anything you want it to be because it's the most beautiful, amazing fiber and textile and it's great and everyone should wear wool everything. Well, 
It sounds good to me. How much more are my socks going to be? I want to get some of these wolf socks. How much more are your socks going to be? Well, Matt, that requires me to know how much you're paying right now for socks. Mm, I bet I pay like 10 bucks for a pack of four. Does that sound right? That sounds a right to me. A pack of four pairs or a pack of four socks? I think four pairs. Okay. So in that case, your socks are going to get quite a bit more expensive. Uh, for wool socks, I think you can expect to spend like between 10 to $15 for a pair of like good wool mm. socks. Okay. All right. Well, they better last because there are you know, a number of sock companies. I won't mention. Socks. I won't mention one here on the show. You can find it if you Google. There are a number of wool sock companies that specifically have lifetime guarantees. If your socks ever wear out in any way, you can mail them back, even if it's been ten years, and they will send you a brand new pair of socks uh, because they stand by their product that much and because they are that good. Uh, mm. So, and there, I can think of at least two companies that do that. So, uh, Google for them. Um, but yeah, looking at uh, the base prices you're talking about, you know. 12 15 20 if it's gonna be a really high sock you know like a like a big tall sock oh, uh, i don't like a high sock i like a low you know like an ankle sock that depends I on do. the context you're gonna want a high sock if you're wearing nice shoes in the winter or something but uh but yeah it's gonna be a little more expensive but you know what you buy it once and you have a lifetime guarantee well i'm willing to try it <laughs> here's the real problem there's not uh really like good looking wool socks <laughs> <laughs> like they're much better but the uh far fewer choices in terms of design sensibility it's a very uh it's a very practical fabric and so you get a lot of what i would say is very practical designs i only really have black socks can i get that can i get black you can you can get black but you can't just get only black i've never found socks that were just simple black socks what does that mean no, what, my, what like my black get? socks for example still have like a gray logo of the company i bought them for on like the the leggy part, and they have a little gray like band around the top of the ankle. Uh, mm. Still, some ornamentation on them. Uh, you, I've not found ones that are like totally pure. Oh yeah, and the I logo see. like on the toe too. It's just all over the place. For when you're taking your shoes, shoes off, and your friends are like, "Where where'd you get those socks?" You're like, "Well, clearly this logo." Clearly, that's how they sell clearly. their socks. Here, smell the logo. Doesn't smell that bad, does it? Maybe that's why they put it there. You like uh, you scratch the logo and then you smell it. And then you're like, oh, not as bad as I was expecting. Smells clean. Smells like no mm. microbes or whatever. That's a, I just invented a great feature for wool socks. Scratch and scratch sniff? Scratch and sniff wool socks. Really, Matt, you can scratch and sniff anything. I mean. Yeah. This is a free country. <laughs> well, uh, don't, don't scratch and You can scratch and sniff anything it. that's not alive. Anything with permission, I think, is probably. <laughs> anything, that's, anything that's not alive. Anything that's not yeah. sentient, you can scratch and sniff. That's I mean, your you prerogative. Ask. You can ask. If you get consent, you can scratch and sniff. Oh, with consent, you can that, scratch and yeah. sniff whatever you want. Yeah, that's 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 what we teach here on the podcast. That's what we have to do. We have to we have to get the country to adopt a new a new sort of uh, tagline. It's not it's a free country. It's it's a free country with consent. <laughs> that's uh, yeah, that'd be better. Get, that, uh, that would really help explain so many things. Like yeah, like why why are you mad that I'm carrying my gun around in public? Well, you know. Get it's a free country, but I don't really have. I didn't really consent to having my life threatened today, so zoops. Yeah, well, that's what you get for uh, not wanting a gun pointed at you, Andy. That's what you get. Yeah, I'm very, I'm very demanding. I'm a real drama queen. I, I don't want a gun pointed at me, which is, I know, you know. They're just a trying lot. to take your wool socks because they're so nice yeah, and well, clean. It's because they're, they're smart they people. Have, they don't even have to wash them after they take them off your feet. Anyway, my life got a lot better when I got over my weird childhood sort of uh, assumptions about wool and bought some wool clothing. And so if you're out there 
and you think wool is scratchy and bad, and you have the means to afford to pay a little more for basic garments. And the thing I'd most recommend wool for is like your basic, like t-shirts, underwear, socks. Start there, uh, and then uh, you know spread out a little bit. But if you can afford it, I think it's uh, I think it makes your life a lot nicer. Maybe I'll go get a sock. And I'll report back later. Ooh, actually, that's a good A-B test. Get a single sock, a single wool sock, (laughs) and you wear one wool sock on one foot and one cotton sock on the other foot, and you just, you know, live your life for a little while and uh, and see how how things are, are different. I'll be honest. I uh, I don't know how it could be worse. Like, it's not like I take my socks off at the end of the day and go like, hmm, it's fine. It's not fine, Andy. It's uh, it's a nightmare. So you need wool socks. And here's the other thing, Matt. This This is a pro tip just for you. You can cut out if you want. But yeah. I discovered, when did I discover this? I guess like really freshman year of college, basically, that uh, I, I, I need to own a brush where I can like really wash my feet. That's an important thing. Like, like, like I, I, I always operate under the assumption that like, I'm standing in the shower. Of course, my feet are getting cleaned because they're just getting soapy water run all over them. And then that's sure. how you clean stuff. And so I think all through high school and prior I was like, oh, yeah, I'm sure I cleaned my feet. And then I stood, they were on my legs when I was in the shower. So, of course, they got clean. Uh, but no, no, no. You have to actually clean your feet, really scrub them every time. That uh, helps them not stink. I got a washcloth for them. I don't just stand in the soapy water. I used to do that. But I don't have a specific foot brush. <laughs> that is not a thing I own. Well, I'll put it on my list of things to buy you for Christmas next year. I'm excited to get a wool sock and a foot brush. And then I'm going to make all my friends smell my feet. It's going to be great. I'm just waiting. I'm just waiting for hot golf talk to have a wool T-shirt. That's what I really want. I want a wool T-shirt with the hot golf talk logo on it, and I will pay that premium. If you can find, if you can find a print-on-demand service that offers a wool T-shirt, I know how to get you one. (laughs) Is it you uploading the file and me being the only one (laughs) to order it? Yes, I am the keeper of the great hot golf talk logo. Hot golf talk. You might also want a hot golf sauce. I did you actually make that hot sauce? Yeah, I did. I'm I'm very proud of you. You made it from its constituent parts. Did you get like a bunch of peppers? And... I got uh. So my brother got me a kit to make stuff that came with uh, peppers and vinegar and various spices. And so I Heck put yeah. in an ancho chili pepper, and I put in a couple of habaneros, and I put in a ghost pepper, and I put in some spices, and I put in some vinegar, and I put in some water, and I simmered them up, and then I blended them up, and then I made some hot golf sauce. Heckin' yeah. 